It's Thursday, March 3rd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Jason Moser. Happy Thursday, man. It's just the two of us and Dan. You know what? I'm going to ask Dan right now. I'm just going to spring this on Dan to to bump us out with some fun music. See? Right there. We're getting it kicked (laughs) off on the right foot. Bump us out today. Carte blanche for Why our man not? behind the glass. Uh, just I to... thought you were getting ready to say, "All right, Dan, just cut. Let's redo. This. Start back <laughs> over again." <laughs> well, you know, part of it is to end the week on a, on a, a fun, somewhat upbeat note. Part of I it like is to, to make up for your singing. I like that too. <laughs> uh, we've got some earnings news. We'll dip into the full mailbag. Let's start with Costco's second quarter. Kind of seemed like a mixed bag. They had they had positive same store sales for the first time in four quarters, but profits did come in a little bit light. Yes. Uh, so, I think with Costco, this is really becoming a question of how much gas they actually have left in the tank. And it's something we talk about in MDP quarter in and quarter out. It's a wonderful business. They've done a wonderful job here over the course of time uh, growing that business, growing their membership base. We love those membership based businesses. And to this point, shareholders have really, really won. But the question, of course, the market is always asking is, what are you going to do for me, not what have you done for me lately? And so, with Costco, it was relatively tepid top-line growth. I think you have to look at I think their domestic presence is more or less saturated. I don't know that that's where the opportunity really, really lies for this company. And we, our, our question really is how much growth is is reasonable to expect from the international side of the business. And they have a presence internationally right now: Canada, Mexico, the UK, Japan, Korea, Taiwan, Australia, Spain. But but that is a bit of a different demographic. I think that's a bit of a different pursuit, and so and so the question now with with Costco for investors, and, and this isn't you know it's not an easy easily answered question is how much gas is left to think, how much growth is reasonable to assume because uh, the stock is not necessarily what we would call cheap. I think it deserves a premium because it has a fairly reliable model, and I think that when we look at the members that they have today, I think those members are fairly reliable. Those are members who have been there with with the company for a long time. They like that style of shopping. They'll continue to renew because they find a lot of value in that membership. But future generations, and I shudder now to say millennials, just because I think that is a term that's way overused. But I I do think that when I look at future generations, my kids included, I don't know that they're necessarily going to view shopping in the warehouse setting as as necessarily. An attractive option, and and so you have companies out there like Jet.com, Boxed.com that are trying to jump in there and compete on the e-commerce side, and they're gaining some traction. And 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 so I think an opportunity potentially for Costco is, uh, you know, an opportunity that they're already pursuing with uh, Boxed.com working as a partner. But there is no membership fee involved with ordering from Boxed. That could be good. That could be bad. Time will tell. There, it's all really just a question of how much growth can we expect, and and what kind of opportunities will they pursue in the future to take advantage of of that growing e-commerce opportunity? Can't they, in the next year or so, pull the lever of increasing their membership fee because their retention rates are? The last time I checked, they were in the high eighties. So. 
and and for those unfamiliar, that simply refers to the number of people who are mem- the percentage of members who renew their membership. They, they, as you said, they are loyal. They love shopping at Costco, and uh, the last time that they bumped up membership fees, I think it was from five dollars from fifty dollars to fifty five dollars. Yeah, it, and it, it wasn't that. 2012, I think it was. It was something like that, and it, it, it was it was five dollars, and and we at the time were very interested in how the consumer was going to react to that. Um, and and what we realized from that was, was that Costco definitely had some pricing power where that where that model's concerned. They were able to raise those membership rates and and keep people renewing, and so that's a very powerful. Uh, quality to the business, and we've seen Amazon certainly they've been able to exercise that with with Prime, Netflix to a degree has been able to get away with some pricing power, and they've also offered new new levels of packages for how many streams and, and whether you're getting HD or standard water. So so it's it's good to find a business that has that sort of pricing power, and I think they could turn that uh, they they could pull that lever. But they're going to be very, very careful in doing it. It's something that's that's asked right. virtually every quarter. It's it's more a matter of when, not if. In my defense, it's <laughs> analysts who are asking every quarter. I'm just asking it every like eighteen months or sure, so. Sure, sure. And, and to be fair, I mean, it is something that we ask every quarter. We wonder when are they going to do it. It's not if, but when. Um, I think that when they do it, it will be very modest, and I think that they will maintain. Those strong renewal rates that they have, because again, I think they have a really strong customer base that has been with them for a while, and that really uh, we see that through those strong renewal rates that have been, you know, just historically so strong. Um, but but yeah, I think that's going to be something that will uh, be another sign as to sort of the staying power of the business is is how much they can really get away with raising those uh, membership prices. Let's move over to apparel. American Eagle's fourth quarter profits came in about where analysts were expecting. Their guidance for the current quarter was pretty strong, and the stock is down around 3% today. Normally, we see guidance trumping results, and what we're seeing with the stock today leads me to believe that uh, there's not a great deal of faith in this management, or certainly not enough faith in the management. And I don't know enough about um, American Eagle's uh, track record in terms of delivering on their guidance. But just on the surface, this looks like okay. Well, that's you know, we'll check back with us, and you know, we'll check back in three months and and see how you did on these uh, on this guidance. Yeah, it it could be a it could be a management concern. I think more though, this this is such a difficult industry to gain any re, any meaningful traction or competitive advantage. In in American Eagle, uh, is is just another. Really, a name in a very big competitive space, and so with the business, I mean, margins are being challenged somewhat. Sales grew modestly, three percent. Inventory levels were up a little bit higher, around nine percent. Now, to their to their defense, part of that was because they lapsed or they lapped the the uh, lower numbers from the port slowdown last year. Uh, but still, you want to keep that. You want to, you want to look at the disparity there, the, the the difference between revenue growth and inventory growth. Because when you see a business growing inventory at levels consistently way higher than sales are growing, well, then you want to you want to see how margins are reacting to that. Because the question with any of these retailers is, 
are they able to maintain any any pricing, or do they do they continue to have to cut prices to get people in the, in the door? And and certainly their margins are being challenged. Um, the good thing is for them, it's a company that's in good financial health. They have about two hundred sixty million dollars on the balance sheet, no debt, and uh, shares today trading around fourteen and a half times trailing earnings. When you compare that to something like a Gap, which I would say is similar. Uh, Gap is trading at around eleven and a half. Uh, Gap just recently announced earnings, and we know that wasn't all that stellar either. Yeah, um, I, I, I think you. Me, I think you were the one who made the point on the radio show that uh, in Gap's quarter, when Gap has trouble with Old Navy, <laughs> that it, that is the red flag because that has been such a steady performer for Gap over the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. With Gap, that is my biggest red flag because that really has been its bread and butter for so long now. It's just a wonderful value proposition and so much selection. And if you have kids, chances are you have a lot of Old Navy in your house. And it, I, I could testify to that. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, I think that so when I look at at American Eagle today, shares around fourteen and a half times trailing earnings. Gap obviously much cheaper, and I, I like the fact also that Gap has more to fall back on. A number of different brands under that umbrella, not necessarily American Eagle, didn't benefit from that nearly as much. It's a smaller company. Perhaps growth rates are estimated. To be a little bit higher, that that would be reasonable. But again, I don't know that I would see any uh, real rush for investors to to think that today's dip would be a buying opportunity, uh, because when you combine the competitive challenges in the space, along with the fact that I don't know that there's really any big differentiator here in American Eagle, um, I, I think there's easier ways to make money. Let me give you a sneak preview of coming attractions. Okay. Because my daughters are older than your daughters. Yes. And when you shop. At American Eagle, and you get on their list, <laughs> you're going to start getting some very targeted. I should say, your daughters are going to start getting some very targeted offers from American Eagle. It's not the worst thing in the world. Did you just say American Evil? No, Eagle. American <laughs> I'm Eagle. Just kidding. Um, so again, a sneak preview. Marketfoolery at fool.com is our email address from Sean Carp. On a recent episode, you mentioned that KitKat was owned by Nestle. I might have missed the clarification that you were talking about only outside the United States, because inside the United States, it is owned by Hershey's. No, you didn't miss the clarification. I didn't. I didn't. I, didn't I, I, I blew that. <laughs> that was. Uh, hey, it happens. Yeah. No. These podcasts aren't financially edited, <laughs> unlike our writing, which is exactly that was that was a one take production. So thank you for that clarification. That, isn't that kind of weird, though? By the way, that that KitKat that that either Nestle or Hershey's, one of them made the decision. I don't want the whole planet. <laughs> I just want this little part of it. Or the, you know, or in the case of Nestle, yeah, we'll take outside the U.S. Yes, we will take outside the U.S. We don't want the United States, but we'll take outside. It is funny how different the the candy market is here domestically versus the rest of the world. Uh, Sean goes on to write, Please ask Ron Gross or Jason Moser for their thoughts on Ulta Salon Cosmetics and Fragrance. It's currently down around $30 a share from its high. What do they think about its long-term prospects? Sean sent this email, I think it was last week, when the stock was trading at around 160 a share. It's now around 170 a share, so it's moving back up. But I think the question still remains. In terms of the long-term prospects of Ulta Salon, what do you think? I feel really good to be able to answer this. I mean, thanks for asking, Sean. Um, so, uh, Ulta is a it's a stock advisor recommendation. It's performed very well for stock advisor. I think it's been on the scorecard for three years or so, maybe a little bit more. Um, it 
to me, it's it's not a market I pretend to really understand as well. So a lot of times, what I'll do is I'll ask my wife about this market and kind of get her feel on on how she views that brand, their concept, the stores versus something else. Like I, we every month we will get a birch box in the mail, and I know that she enjoys being able to sort of get all sorts of different little things and try them out. And so I, I just I, I was never really sure how much the Alta brand and concept resonated in bred loyal customers, but it seems to to do a very very good job of that. And they they have a good leader there, CEO Mary Dillon, who's been with the company since 2013, and she actually just uh, just got onto Starbucks' board of directors as well. So that's kind of cool. Um, Earnings are coming up next week, and so we'll learn a lot there. I think that they are doing a good job in growing in, in online presence. They're selling uh, online uh, sales. They they represent about five percent of total sales, and and that's growing. They have a very healthy balance sheet and a growing store base. I think the biggest thing to look for with a business like this, the the red flags perhaps would be something on the margin side if they really had to resort to pricing to compete more. Uh, but because of the experience that they offer in store and the brand uh, loyalty there, they've been able to maintain pricing and margins have expanded over time. We look back to December 2013. There was an earnings miss that sent the stock down something like 20. percent I was going to say I remember we I think we talked about this on the radio show one time where it just got hammered. It did. It was it was about 20 percent I think in one day, or if if not a couple. But I mean, it could have been argued that that shares were a bit overvalued going into that. Uh, I mean, it is sort of a growth style company, and I think it still is today. When you look at shares, they're trading at about 35 times full year 2016 estimates. And that to me, that has me a little bit on the fence here. That seems like it's a little, I don't, you know, maybe a little bit frothy. Um, when you look at at the growth in in net income over the past three years, it seems like that that those estimates are a little high. But I think it's a very quality business that has proven itself uh, to you know to hold a very loyal customer base and, and good products. Continue to innovate. They'll continue to grow that store base. Um, the valuation would be where I would have a little bit of a concern today. But I think if it's, if it's a stock that you own now. I would certainly hold on to those shares because I still think there's there's plenty of room to run. And if you don't own them and want to own them, personally, I would wait for the earnings announcement and see what that brings. I don't see any reason to rush. LinkedIn in the news today because not because of earnings, but because CEO Jeff Weiner is taking his stock compensation for 2016 and giving it to LinkedIn's employees. This is compensation that I think is valued somewhere in the neighborhood of $14, 15000000 million. Something like that. And uh, as of the last filing, they got about 10,000 employees. So you're looking at you know, $14,000, $15,000 per employee. That I'm sure for longtime employees and certainly for shareholders who have seen the stock get whacked to the tune of around 40% this year. Uh, probably takes a little bit of the sting out of it, but but I, I, I don't know. It just seems like more than anything, if you're an employee there, it just makes you feel better about your boss. I would I would think so. And I, I when I read this news, I tried to figure: is this a classier move or is it a smarter move? Is it classier than it is smarter, or is it smarter than it is classier? Because I think it's a classy move. And and I, I followed Jeff Weiner on Twitter. He's a Nice guy. I've never met him personally, but he seems like a nice guy. Uh, obviously, very smart guy, and has done a lot with his business in a short amount of time. So, I think there's no question it's a classy move. I also think it's a very smart move because uh, employees of LinkedIn really got walloped 
after that earnings announcement and shares took such a big hit. I think those questions as far as the company's growth prospects are fair. Um, they are going to have to figure out new ways to to grow that business, and the stock was, I think, by every measure, well overvalued. But something like this is a great way to to build trust, to show your employee base that you care. I mean, of course, and you give them a little bit more skin in the game. You give them a little bit more skin in the game. He's he's obviously got no financial worries. So this was something that was Jeff's fine. (laughs) We're not worried about Jeff. This was very. I I mean, anytime you're giving away fourteen million dollars, I can't imagine it's easy. But I'm sure he could rationalize this without too much difficulty. So I, I think it's a classy move. I think it's a smart move, and I think you should be applauded for it. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, it is tax season here in the United States. Oh, God, <laughs> we're here to help, though. We're here to help with um, a free tax guide, the Motley Fool's Investors Tax Guide. Uh, you can get it just by going to taxguide.fool.com. It's um, just as we do from time to time. Uh, we did this last year with. Uh, uh, a, a book about Warren Buffett that was free, just like our beginning investing guide, which is free. You can go to podcast.fool.com to download that. This is a free tax guide, just in time, and it's one of those things that is is if you haven't done your taxes, uh, it's definitely going to help you think through some of your investment tax strategies. If you've already done your taxes, it's going to give you some things to think about for next year and plan for. So again, it's a free guide. Just go to taxguide.fool.com, and it's all yours. Are you? Do you do your own taxes, or no. do you have a guy that does? No. You send them to a, a guy or girl that doesn't for you. H and R Block. H&R the good Block. people at H and R Block. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. I don't have the patience. I don't have the temperament, and uh, it's. It is one of those things. Like from time to time, there are things around the house. Where I just sort of look and think, you know what? I bet if I spent a lot of time and effort, I could figure out how to do that. But it is worth the money I'm going to spend to have a professional do it right the first time. I could not agree more. I mean, that would be my tax guide right there: is collect your documents and just send them off to the appropriate <laughs> party. Because my time, I, I just, I'm always convinced I'm doing something wrong. And the older you get, the more you have, and the more you got to manage the. The more things going on, I, I, it just, none of it makes any sense anymore. It's just amazing to me that that we have this wonderful country with just the most nebulous and and nonsensical tax code that, that could ever be imagined. It's but, it's really it drives me nuts. But by the same token, there are there are people who are the complete opposite of you and me. Yeah, that they love digging into sure. it. For them, it is almost like a game, and it's what what can I do to be a little bit smarter with my strategies? What can I do to save a little bit more money? And they love it. So I'll tell you what, after all this tax talk, Dan, you better place that with some happy music. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.